Blog Talk Radio. Hello everyone, this is Susan, Laris, and Dan coming to you once again on Frontier Beyond Fear Radio. Today is March 13th, 2021, and I'm very happy to welcome you to what is evolving to become a new series of programs which are a series of reflections, and I aim to keep it going. For those of you unfamiliar with this broadcast, it's actually been on Blog Talk Radio for a very long time. Um, This is the 11th season, and um, there are over 400 episodes in the archive. Um, The nature of the program has evolved over time because we change over time. All of us do. And now it's in a simple space where we're just going to talk together about some things that can help us to live in a more peaceful way, both within our own hearts and with one another. There are things within the spiritual realm, and even if you don't consider yourself really spiritual, in the mindful realm, in the heartful realm, that can help us to reach out, not just to one another, but to everything in our world and in the universe, indeed the multiverse, with which we are one. We are inseparable. As I mentioned on my last program, I have been bringing my reading up a notch, um, and I want to encourage those of you listening who maybe, you know, haven't really gotten into poetry or essays from the past or think that that's a very abstract and unapproachable thing to do, I want to encourage you that high school students are doing, in fact, many of these things I probably first encountered, some of them anyway, in high school. And You know, my own degrees are in the sciences, although I did try to take humanities and almost went down that path. But I haven't been able to read as much as I would like in recent years. All of my life I have wanted to read more. And it isn't about how much or how distant it feels to you. You just pick it up and start reading, and you will be amazed 
at how things jump out at you that are as current as any episode on Blog Talk Radio that you currently enjoy. There are people from the past who have tremendous wisdom, and we do need to view them as living in a different time, so they may speak in language that's a little bit different. Um, As I'm reading about each of these people, as I read their work, I'm going to be very careful to say I do not know intricately every aspect of their biographies. I am simply looking at the words that are coming through that feel very much on an inspired page, something that will reach to us today and teach us something. Maybe sometimes what I'll bring up will be a contrast, and I'm not going to read too long. I think in the last episode, um, maybe um, it, it might have tried the attention span just a little bit. So my goal with these passages Um, These are things I've just come across. I'm not really, this one I was kind of looking for, well, I really didn't know what I was looking for. I didn't just open randomly to it, like in the last program. Um, And not everything in the last program was random. But um, this time, I found myself reading in in a book that I obtained recently, just a used book that, um, it's wonderful, by the way, to have real books nowadays, you can just open them and that really can lead you to some interesting wisdom when you do. You never know what you're going to open to. And in this case, I was just looking through the table of contents thinking, hmm, you know, what calls to me? So what called to me was an essay by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And I'll tell you, um, he is in this particular book, which has a variety of authors, um, and I have two series of books. I have British authors and I have American authors. This is the American series. And for those of you in other parts of the world, you know, I'm, I hope to bring in authors from, from other locales as well. Um, and I do welcome the worldwide audience, very much so. And we have... So much that we can learn from just a handful of words, which is what I'm going to read here, not a long passage from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And the title of his biography in this particular book says, Transcendental Idealism. You know, you don't have to remember everything. Many of us may remember this notion of the transcendentalist. Some of you may be well-versed in such things. It's approachable. Just step into it. It really is. And I'm going to show you just how approachable in a second. Ralph Waldo Emerson lived from 1803 to 1882. And I'm just going to read this short passage, and then we're going to reflect on what it means or where it leads us or where I was guided from it as I reflected on it in his essay, Nature. And um, just just a short passage here. To go into solitude... A man needs to retire as much from his chamber as from society. I am not solitary whilst I read and write, though nobody is with me. But if a man would be alone, 
let him look at the stars, the rays that come from those heavenly worlds will separate between him and what he touches. One might think the atmosphere was made transparent with this design to give man in the heavenly bodies the perpetual presence of the sublime. Seen in the streets of cities, how great they are. If the stars should appear one night in a thousand years, how would men believe and adore and preserve for many generations the remembrance of the city of God which had been shown? But every night come out these envoys of beauty and light the universe with their admonishing smile. The stars awaken a certain reverence because though always present, they are inaccessible. But all natural objects make a kindred impression when the mind is open to their influence. Nature never wears a mean appearance. Neither does the wisest man extort her secret and lose his curiosity by finding out all her perfection. Nature never became a toy to a wise spirit. The flowers, the animals, the mountains reflected the wisdom of his best hour as much as they had delighted the simplicity of his childhood. Those are the words of transcendentalist Ralph Waldo Emerson. And this particular essay was written in 1836. One of the first things that jumped out to me, in fact, many things did, but one of the first things we notice here is the poignancy of a portion of this essay about seeing the stars in the cities. In 1836, you were accustomed to see the stars. You saw the stars. All of humanity has seen the stars, and yet many of us can't. We don't see the stars anymore from the cities. You might see a few scattered around, if you're lucky. But even outside the cities, I've lived in multiple places. I've been in, I've been out on um, farms far into, far away from any city, and I've been on the outskirts of metropolitan areas, and even on the outskirts of a metropolitan area. Although you can see more stars, it's not the same. We have changed in our human experience. And I really believe that it's changed us and that we would feel differently if every night, all of us, every one of us, all of you out there, I love that you're all over the world. That touches my heart so much because we are linked together by this. And some of you are fortunate enough, I would wager, to see the stars. Many of us are not. 
So many people have never seen the Milky Way in their entire lifetimes. I barely have a memory of it myself. I know I've glimpsed it. I don't think I've ever gotten a really clear view of it. Meanwhile, although technology brings with it many advances in its own way, and we're going to talk about that a little, and I have a feeling as this program evolves, we're going to talk more and more about that, about how do we come into a proper relationship with both nature and living in the midst of this technological world? Because, ironically, part of my own background was being a technologist. In fact, I still i am working on technology right now. What is Blog Talk Radio? It is a product of technology. What is the Internet? What are all these ways that we're connected together in ways we never possibly could be before? It is technology. And yet for all of its gifts, industrialization and technology also distance us. They not, it not only distances us, it's a paradox. It is a paradox, absolutely. Because it not only distances us from one another or from the universe, It distances us from ourselves and from who we can truly be. I'm using more and more this term mysticism because I feel that it's very important and that it it also reaches to multiple spiritual paths, even people who are somewhat unspiritual. Who is to define what spirituality really is? It's a relationship with your world and with your being. And if you've read some people who claim to be non-spiritual or maybe more they claim to be non-religious, they still can talk of such a relationship. Carl Sagan, for example, who was, I believe, an agnostic. I don't think he was fully an atheist. He, he has some wonderful things that he said, and yet he didn't know how to define his relationship with the greater multiverse in that way. He saw it in a different way. Um, And so the stars, how can we see them? I find it ironic, by the way, that I did choose to post a picture, which is freely, all government pictures are free to post. This one is from NASA. It's from the Hubble Telescope. Um, and that's actually a picture of the stars, which if you're, if you're listening to this show and looking at it while I speak, um, that's above the atmosphere. Ralph Waldo Emerson talked about what we could see from the Earth. He couldn't even imagine, really, what we'd be able to see from telescopes above the atmosphere. Then you can see, I mean, the, the sky is just overflowing with stars, which, of course, it's not just stars. In fact, as I was preparing this this program, I found it interesting how they were talking about just how many planets are out there, which we've always known. And now, of course, we can observe them physically. But logically and spiritually, we've always known this. Of course, we're not alone. How could we be? How selfish, how self-centered would we think ourselves on this earth to be in such a vast, vast space and to even imagine for a second that it could be logical that we're alone. 
Of course there are many civilizations. Now, something I've often said and will repeat is that it is my contention, and you're going to hear this more in this program as it unfolds through multiple episodes, that a truly advanced society is not a technological society or that technology does not define your level of advancement or your degree of industrialization. What I believe firmly and in many logical ways is the hallmark of a truly lingering advanced civilization is mysticism. In fact, I'm going to say that in a new way. I haven't often referred to it as mysticism. I've said consciousness. But I think mysticism is more important as a word because consciousness seems to define it as only part of one spiritual discipline. And I don't want to think of it that way because it isn't true. There are many ways to feel this relationship with the divine. And it has been expressed on multiple paths. And the oneness that comes from it. How can you see the stars? Through deeper eyes. Through expansive eyes. In an entirely new way. It's very sad that we don't see them now. On the page, I refer you to a blog I wrote last night. That's what I was led to write from reading this passage. I do encourage you to read it because I reflect on some things. I won't read it here. But there are things that could happen and that are known to happen in this solar system. There are things that can happen like a giant solar flare, I don't put links in my blogs. I expect if you see something in there that you don't know, you don't recognize, just look it up and you'll learn more about it. I refer to a Carrington event. The Carrington event was a very large solar flare, and it only happened at the beginning of us having telegraphs and different things, and it basically blew everything out. Everybody knows that a large solar flare will shut down our technology and actually could have some pretty long-lasting effects. So why do we live within this illusion of thinking that what we've created here is, is lasting? It's actually not the most stable form of a civilization. I'm not saying that we're not benefiting from these forms of our development, and I'm sure many species have been through these steps. Whether they live through this particular step is probably debatable. We're always looking for signals from all these technological civilizations. It's my belief, I can't prove this, although I can look at it with logic, that most of them don't exist. They either stop producing signals because they advance beyond the need for such things or they really do just eliminate themselves or some natural force takes them down. Because a technological or industrial society 
really doesn't have the ability to protect itself from something like a solar flare or even a large asteroid, despite how many movies we've seen on that topic. And I just watched another one. It, it was very similar to others that came before it, in some ways too similar. Greenland, another one. If you haven't seen that, I, I find these movies interesting. Deep Impact, you know, I've seen a number. You don't see too many on solar flares. I'm not sure that would be, I'm sure someone has done something on that. But um, um, these are things that can happen now. We're also assuming we're in a random universe like whatever happens to us is random spiritual folks who are listening is it is what happens to us random is it just fate if an asteroid hits it just hits or is there more to it if we believe in the divine if we've had an experience of a greater reality and it's there, just talk to anybody who has lived a synchronistic life or who has had a higher experience. It will change you forever. It, you're never the same after a higher experience. I wouldn't be here if not for what happened to me many years ago. It's an entirely different relationship with your world and with the universe. And science itself right now is tells us that there's a multiverse out there. And by the way, I refer to stars and planets, but you're also seeing galaxies. You're, I mean, sometimes it's difficult to see them. Andromeda is the famous one. Um, I took astrophysics in college, I took a couple, actually a few classes. I can't remember, four, something like that, at least. And Andromeda, you can't look at directly to see it. If you want to see it, and I don't think we can see it at all much from the cities, but if you want to see a hint of it, you have to look past it. You can't look at it directly. And I've often thought about this analogy and I've even written about this privately. At some point, I may put some of those writings out. In fact, I think I may blog about that. I am blogging every day. If what I'm sharing with you, I'm trying to take those blogs deeper um, and so that we'll be talking about some of these what are truly metaphysical, mystical topics, how to think about the world in a way that, that has come natural to me in recent years, and it really changes your life. We need this right now. Those of us who are called to this path, it is a simpler path. It is a relationship with nature that is truthfully amazing. When you go for a walk out in nature, you can feel it. And I'm sure I'll share the writings of some other authors who express that from other times. We need this right now. It is key. In fact, I would say we're at a very critical time in the evolution of our society. There are more and more people who speak very loudly who want to take us away 
from our spiritual experience, from our spiritual logic. This isn't illogical. It is a more it is a fuller way of realistically observing what is going on in our world. People who study quantum physics are starting to glimpse some of it, but it's not that clinical. In fact, as I take this forward, because I have a tendency to use the language of others, which always tries to say, if I don't say this in a way that a, quote, scientist would say, well, people aren't going to listen. That's not, that kind of clinical description is not the only way or even a sufficient way of describing reality, greater reality, actual reality with a capital R and what is going on in actual reality. You can be in denial all day long. Lots of times people have had a negative experience with a particular path, and then generalize to every bit of spirituality, whatever that path may be. Those of you worldwide, I call on you. Lift your eyes to the stars. Think about all of us looking at the same stars. Sure, they look different from different hemispheres at any given time, but think about what we share. This is the key. We're never going to get anywhere with all of this conflict and judgment and hatred. It just leads from one era to the next. That's what happens. It's never, ever resolved. Centuries of conflicts continue. The time has come to listen to the mystics. Indigenous cultures carry much wisdom for us, but so do our own. Every spiritual tradition has a mystical tradition. Maybe that's broadening it a bit. Let's just say a significant number that I know about because I don't know about every spiritual tradition. Listen to the mystics. That's how we evolve. That's how we make the paradigm shifts that can really change us. It's not all about technology. Don't be fooled. By that, that is a materialistic worldview that grew out of an overreaction to a very overbearing, non-materialistic worldview. Well, guess what? The opposite is happening now. Now the materialistic worldview has become overbearing, and guess what's going to happen? And is happening. The mystical, which is actually a more fuller, more, more fuller, a fuller perception of actual reality is rising because it's real. It is absolutely real. It is not a fantasy. Don't let people, don't internalize 
the ignorance of people. They And they're not totally ignorant. That sounds judgmental. It is. Sorry. They just haven't awakened to everything that is possible. If they did, they would love it. I've said this before. They would love so many scientists I've known in my life. They loved science fiction. They loved reading fantasy novels about magic. They played Dungeons and Dragons when they were young. They wanted to live in those worlds. Many of them still game all the time. You don't realize this world is closer to that kind of reality than something that is so devoid of anything real. That's just a. We don't live in a mundane universe. We don't live in that. We only choose to be there. It's not the actual world. So lift your sights. The live show is almost over. And I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for once again um, placing this program on the front page while it's live. I appreciate the energy of this program, and I intend to carry it forward in a new way. I appreciate all of you who happen to be listening live. Something I haven't said in a while, those who have heard this show before, I appreciate those listening across time. Because as this show continues to evolve, we're going to talk more about how our understanding of time is not what we think it is, that linear time is an illusion. You're as present with me whenever you're listening in the future as in this moment that I'm speaking now. So thank you, live audience. And I'll be closing the live show here um, shortly, or actually the archive show, because I'm not going to go too long in these episodes. So I want to encourage you to not be discouraged. It's really easy to be discouraged. I want you to be discerning. I want you to make choices, whatever those choices are ahead of you right now in your life. I would love for you to discern the spiritual level of those choices. Don't be bullied. Bullying is not a part of actual spiritual reality. Bullying, whether in any time it occurs, is not a part of higher spiritual reality. That is a part of being childish, not childlike, which we've also spoken about, and there's an entry on that in my blog if you go looking. That childlike innocence that Ralph Waldo Emerson refers to where nature carries us, that sense of wonder. When you're standing in that space, everybody with you is holding your hand, even when you're all by yourself. And he's right about solitude. It's important. How we develop our relationship with ourselves, with our own being, and with the divine, however you define that to be, is vitally important. And I want to say here, because I know people of multiple spiritual persuasions listen to this program, 
I am not judging what your path is to this higher truth, even though I have my own path there and it can seem like I judge sometimes. I'm trying to stay out of that space because where a lot of my writings originated were indeed as a bridge builder. In fact, that's how that blog originated. I've been writing for years in one way or another on this topic, starting on the discussion forums, not so much in the blog. Although the blog goes pretty far back too. It just has a lot of spaces. And it's just not it's not about what I might write. Go discover something that calls to you. There are so many things out there that can help raise your sights. It can raise your spirits and your sights because we have to. It is absolutely essential that we take our sights higher and don't be bullied or intimidated or diminished by those who do not understand a spiritual path. When you can see the stars, you see the stars. But you can feel for yourself and for others when they can't see them or don't want to. We can help people. We can help people to see the stars. And then they'll start appearing. One by one by one until the sky is filled with them. And before you know it, we'll be seeing one another too. And in an entirely new way. This is our future. If humanity is to have a future, and I would like to believe that we do, it's not all random. But we are partners. We are partners with the divine. We need to work in concert with it to bring this world forward in the ways that it needs to go. So I did go over a bit. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I have not yet updated the FrontierBeyondFear.com website with the latest episodes, but I will be soon. And yes, if you click on the blog button there, it takes you over to um, Blogspot, where I am writing daily and really doing my best to keep that up. I've been writing every day since the beginning of the year. So um, I welcome you in whatever way you arrive to this work. If you'd like to follow this program, that would be great. I don't always give a huge announcement of when there's going to be an episode. We're kind of trying out this Saturday afternoon slot. We're a half hour earlier this time. Um, but um, I may be doing other programs at other times. I've always had that flexibility. So let's just see how it flows forward. And... Um, just thank you from my heart. Thank you, those of you who have listened for a long time and are, and are rediscovering this program. My heart goes out to you in gratitude, and I can't say it more, just how it touches my heart that people are listening in so many different places. That matters. It matters to all of us. Thank you. Take care, everyone. I will see you next time.
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.